Welcome to another episode of Building Great Sales Teams. It is I, Ryan, the producer, and I wanted to intro this with telling you what we got going on. We did a live Q&A episode with a bunch of great guests, so let's sit back, enjoy, and check it out. Great experiences build great leaders. Great leaders build great teams. This is Building Great Sales Teams. All right, guys, welcome back to Building Great Sales Teams. We've got a impromptu Q&A session for you guys today. We're going to do a little rapid fire and bring everybody in 10 minutes at a time. And first, we're kicking it off with the man, Paul Childers. He's the owner of a business credit and lending business where he helps business owners build credit and position themselves for financing and asset protection. And he just launched his own brand doing this. Paul, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate being on here. Absolutely, man. So we'll get started with your question for me, and then we'll reverse it. So what do you got, my man? Yeah, my question for you is, uh, you know, what's your priority, you know, at work, in life? Like, what's that number one thing that, like, you consider a non-negotiable? This is what you're doing everything for. I love this question. You know, it's, it's not, it, it's a common one, right? But I think everybody's answer is 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 pretty simple, and for me, it's more of a verb. And uh, my answer to it is to serve, right? And you know, I know it sounds a little cliche, but if you think about it, you know, the the actual answer that most people give, if if you're a man of faith, is God, right? That's my number one priority in life. But to me, I think it goes a little further than that. It's to serve God, right? One of the prayers I say every night when I when uh, me and my wife are praying before we go to bed is uh, uh, God, can you, can you give me some ways to talk to people about you? You know? And so your question this morning was perfect for that. And, and so, but it can, you know, a lot of things come off of that too. Right. So if it's to serve, to serve God, to serve my wife and my family, to serve my friends and family, delicious barbecue, you know, uh, and jalapeno chicken pasta, you know, one of the things me and my wife always talk about, and, I, and I'm very vocal about, it, is I love ser- I love feeding people, you know? And so when you look at that verb, to serve, I think that's my number one priority in life. And, and think about it. I think the Bible got it right when it talks about, you know, we were put on this earth in his image to serve him, right? And so there's, I think it's no mistake that every time we feel most fulfilled, at least for me personally, I can't speak for everybody else, but every time I feel most fulfilled, I'm of service to somebody or to God, you know what I'm saying? And so yep. I think that's no mistake. So that's my, my answer to that question. That's a good one. I mean, that's, I've seen some of your photos of like the, the barbecue and stuff that you host and like, I, I will make it down there for one of those one of these times. Cause it looks absolutely amazing. So bring your brother. I'd love to have <laughs> you. I'd love to have you. Um, okay. So we're going to reverse it. We're right at seven minutes so we're ahead so you got a little extra time for your question um, yeah and, and and i think this is an important one and you know i would love to get deep with you like you did with me but i think the question i have is incredibly important because there's so many credit gurus out there that are like hey open up an llc and then put the car in the llc instead of your own personal credit and i know it's not that simple you know 
And so how can business owners stop putting everything in their name? Because these credit guys, they, they make it sound so easy. Like you just poof, you open up an LLC and now you can put a car in that LLC's credit. Yeah. And, and, I, and I know that's just not the case. So can you walk us through that? Yeah. I mean, you know, I could go into this all day. It's kind of something I, I really enjoy just chatting about because there is so much bad information out there. Um, you know, first and foremost, it's understanding what position your business is in and when and where this is an applicable piece for your business. If you're a brand new business, the, the fact of the matter is for that first year, it's probably going to be quite a bit of a struggle bus, right? Like we all got to put in the work. We've got to become lendable because our actions will make us lendable. A way to build that right away as a, as a new business is to just build a relationship with the local lender and prove to them and bring them a story that shows that you know your stuff, set yourself apart, right? Once we get past that point and become, become established, you can start building your business credit, you know, using your EIN number, but it takes time and it takes intention. And a lot of people don't have the patience to put those two things together, right? Like usually when we make lending decisions, it's emotional and it's because we're already buried. If that's your lending decision and your basis for taking loans out, you're already behind the eight ball and you're going to be struggling. Um, so the long and the short of it is, is it's kind of a strategy you have to encompass and understand as a business owner, where you want to get to and where your risk exposure is, build your business credit up, use it to get off of personal guarantees, especially on like vehicles, equipment, stuff that's going to multiply your exposure as a business owner, especially if you have people using or driving or whatever it is with those things so that you can, you know, again, <laughs> just protect yourself. Um, so essentially it takes about a year to really build a business credit program in a, in a strong sense, but it's almost kind of a lifetime practice if you think about it. So there isn't a, there isn't a magic switch that you could flip to just do it. It, it just takes time. Right. And it, it sounds like it's not a formula either. You know, it's, it's specific to the business owner. It's specific to their financial situation, their strategy and, and their business. Let's be honest. Like your business is doing 50 grand a year. You know, you're probably not. You're probably not going to be immediately be creditable. <laughs> I don't know how yeah. else to say that. Lendable. Um, <laughs> but a few of the things I, I heard you say, which was the first one, is build the relationship. You know, I, I think it's it's telling how many times it goes back to building relationships, whether it's with your customers, your referral partners, or in this case, your creditors, right? And one of the things I've heard, and and, and you can kind of expand on this maybe, is that. The local credit union is kind of the game in town for small business owners to start that relationship with. Would you recommend that too? Yeah, um, credit unions are a great place to start. It's kind of also just knowing what those bank strengths are, knowing what questions to ask when you go in the first time. And you know, some of those questions are like, "Hey, I'm a new business. Are you guys new business friendly? Do you guys work with startups? Do you guys have a path if we have a relationship for me to get off of personal guarantees down the line? And some of these questions will just set you up for being in a spot that you know that you can start and grow at that place, or you can start there and you'll need to move eventually because of, you know, the way they're set up and structured. Questions open up a lot of doors that people just need to know what to ask. So I'm not a trusting guy because my first business bank was, was a, a small credit union. It was a, you know, military branded credit union. And they told me, yeah, we can handle business accounts. And then mm -hmm. I, I start using them and I, and I realized that I don't have a lot of the features that I would like a chase or Wells Fargo, you know, and not just because they're a bigger business, but you know, like contractor payments, 
they didn't have yeah. anything for that you know little things like that so um i think some due diligence beyond that is probably important too to make sure okay what are some other business owners that i can kind of look at their business and say hey they're similar to mine and, and i'd probably be a good fit for your bank yeah so the second piece of that you said was understanding your own decision making and then your strategy and so you know in terms of timeline what do you feel like and, and let's just speak a hundred grand to a million I, I don't know if the volume of business uh that you know a business is doing is, is a big factor in this but where do you feel like all right if i start a business today i start doing 100 grand maybe i scale to a million over the next couple of years when do you think i can realistically drop my name off of that finance those financing agreements for the equipment or for vehicles or an office space yeah um Again, that's going to be kind of a, a business to business basis, right? Because every business is a little bit different and unique in the way they're set up. So if you're a high asset business in sense where you have like a lot of equipment, vehicles, um, stuff like that, it's going to really depend on your expenses that you're paying out. And then also like the gross revenue that you're bringing in too. So let's say you're a trucking company and you're going to be, you're in that like 500 to a million range, depending on the amount of trucks that you have, right? You could essentially get off of one or two of the trucks if that value of those vehicles doesn't exceed over your gross revenue right but if you've got like two and a half million dollars worth of vehicles and equipment that you're trying to do you're not going to be able to get off of all of them if you're only doing like a million dollars right so like i have seen instances where guys have way more equipment and stuff than what they can actually cover so in that case it's just let's take it piece by piece and get off the shortest debt that you owe and you know extend stuff out as long as we can so your cash flow is in balance so that that whole concept of credit utilization transfers from the personal credit to the business credit as well it's like you can only utilize so much that you're bringing in you know your gross revenue has to be enough to cover like you said that that equipment it has to make sense for yep. the business on its own to be able to guarantee that yeah fantastic yeah. brother Dude, you brought a, t uh, a ton of value to this 10 minutes. I can't believe we pulled that off in 10 minutes, but right. I do want to give you a chance to put your info out there where if someone has more questions about this or just wants to follow you and consume your content, where can they do that at? Yeah, you can follow me on Facebook. It's just my name, Paul Childers. Otherwise, I have a website with a free ebook on business credit at blueskybizsolutions.com. Fantastic, Paul. I appreciate you so much, brother. Yeah, likewise. Thank thanks. You. All right. What's up, Rage? How you doing, brother? How's it going, Doug? Long time no see. Absolutely. All right. So we're going to get this clock started here. You guys, Rage is the market manager over at Clay Solutions. Clay Solutions is one of my clients, and they are absolutely crushing it this year. And, and Rage is a big part of their success. He's also the owner of Wolfpack Marketing and a DJ. So he's a jack of all trades. He's an expert in sales and recruiting. And most recently, he developed a new recruiting technique that allowed him to go from the smallest team to largest team in his company. So this is the, the guy on the ground doing it right now. Rage, welcome to the show, brother. Thank you. I, I'm absolutely humbled and honored to be a part of this. Uh, you know, just, just seeing the amount of help that you've given us, it's just an absolute honor to be on here. I appreciate you, brother. So what is the question that you have for me? So, I mean, 
you know, I've heard Ryan's comeback story, you know, and I, I've heard a lot from you. Um, and one of the biggest things that I battle with is, you know, jumping back to my younger self, like, man, I wish I would have had this opportunity or if I, I wish right. I would have known this. Uh, so I guess my question would be, what would be your advice to your younger self as well as to the younger crowd today in like the sales industry to uh, help achieve success? Because I mean, a lot of my following is a younger crowd. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I love the question, first of all. Uh, I think it's important for us to talk about this, us guys that have been in the business for a while now. And then, yeah, being able to pay it forward to the younger guys and, and kind of help them navigate that. You know, when I look at some, of, even some of my clients, they're in their early 20s and um, they have this amazing network around them, whether it be a mastermind or uh, guys like you or myself to kind of like, hey, what are some of the pitfalls I need to avoid? And for me, a lot of the pitfalls derive from something internal, you know, where it's like childhood trauma or whatever the case is, right? So the reason that we're so hungry so early on is because we have all these things missing in our life, right? And so what we do is we try to fill those holes with success, with, you know, experiences, with um, vices, you know? And so my advice to the younger guys that are coming up in their early 20s right now, maybe they hit their first six-figure year, maybe they're starting their own business, whatever the case is, is you've got to find a way to be content where your feet are and to have peace and to be able to be present. That is, to me, one of the all-time skills. You know, when you look at your journey in your faith, when you look at your journey with your family, your wife, you know, um, your personal journey, when you look at your journey in your business, we are most effective when we are where our feet are versus our heads are somewhere else. And I struggled with this a lot in my 20s, and it was the cause of a lot of the problem, the self-sabotage problems that I created for myself. And so once I started being able to be present with my daughter when we were playing in her room and actually be there and not be with the problems back at work or not be, you know, with the the boys drinking at the bar or the, you know, rugby team playing that Saturday, once I was able to be where my two feet were, then I found a lot of perspective that allowed me to make a lot better decisions, you know? And so that's how I would answer that. And especially in sales, because we, we get so much instant gratification in sales. We make so much money so fast, you know what I mean? And so immediately you're like, Oh, new car, you know, new place, new furniture, you know, all those yeah. things, your, your guys go through it all the time. You get to see that. And it's amazing. It's an amazing thing. But then when it's all said and done, all of a sudden their production goes like this because now they don't have, you know, now they immediately have more than their parents ever had at that age. You know, they're, they're starting to break those generational curses, but the only way they're truly going to do it is if they learn how to have peace and how to be present where they are. And in, in my opinion. Uh, that is a phenomenal answer. I mean, you, you, you even touched on like self-sabotage. I mean, that was one of my, my biggest, downfalls is my self-sabotage you know and uh i still go through it from time to time it never leaves but it's just finding ways around it 100 brother all right we're turning the tables i got a question for you now okay you really piqued my interest and in, this is a tactical thing you know we're going from mindset to tactical now um and i think i know what recruiting technique you're talking about but i would love for you to explain it to the listeners walk us through it 
and talk about how you went from the smallest team to the largest team using this recruiting technique. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, I had to devise something to really, you know, harness my strengths. And a lot of my strengths was I, I, I care about people. You know, uh, I've always had team members living with me at any point in my journey uh, in sales. So uh, I developed a plan and it's going to be highly effective where I'm at now because I just got the opportunity to open up out in Arkansas. So starting brand new, got one guy on my team and uh, his old lady. And um, the method that I use is called Rages 4Rs to Recruiting. And uh, started off, obviously, recruiting is just that. We have to recruit. So that's the first R. Uh, and you kind of have to look at yourself and see your, your strengths and your weaknesses and pick the strengths that you want the new person to have. You know, all right. I got to work on this. So I want someone who's, you know, going to show up on time every day, you know, takes a little to zero effort to wake up on time and go to work. Um, you know, I want someone who's going to be hard, hard, uh, hard devoted, you know, just everything all in, like I'm, I'm putting my feet to the ground and I'm running. Uh, the next thing would be uh, retain, you know, it's just not about bringing them into the company. It, it's, finding why they're there, what makes them work, what makes them tick. You know, um, I, I work very closely with uh, a very close friend of mine. He's turning 21 this month. And uh, it's always fun to sit down and talk to him and pick his brain because he has so many different thoughts and ideas. And I like finding ways to help him get closer to where he wants to be. You know, he wants to be able to go see his family because we're 10 hours away making things happen like that makes it a lot easier um and i apologize i'm a little shaky because this is my you know very <laughs> first it's all good so brother i understand <laughs> i understand but uh Most definitely the, the third one is going to be retrained you know your your job okay. doesn't doesn't just stop at training them you have to consistently work with them because once they feel like you stop caring they're going to stop caring you know, uh, people don't care how much you know, so you know how much you care. And uh, that's one of the biggest things my leader always taught me, you know, was if you're not investing in them, they're not going to help invest it back into you. Mm -hmm. um, finally, my fourth R is reward. You know, uh, when it comes down to it, you got to you got to be thankful for the amount of work and effort they're putting in. You know, whether it's taking your team out for a bowling night or for dinner or, you know, going to Six Flags or, you know, finding something that they enjoy or never done before. You know, first time I ever went rock climbing was with Clay and it was uh, very scary. It's almost as nerve wracking as this podcast, you know, going up that high. I was like, man, I have to trust this rope, you know, just to, to fall down. But my team was there supporting me, you know, cheering me on and it was rewarding just to experience that all in itself. Man, that's fantastic. I appreciate you walking us through that. So just to simplify it for the listeners, the four R's are recruit and in recruiting, you're qualifying the candidates along the way. Retrain, I'm sorry, retain them by listening is what I heard, right? So you're listening to your youngest guy that are that is basically getting into this business and you're getting that feedback so that you can continue to develop your process along the way right and then retrain them this is a big big piece of kodak for me which is development right 
And so constant, constant developments is incredibly important and continued development. And then the last one is reward, which is let's show appreciation for our people that have gone through these three R's and that have made it to the fourth one, which is the reward. So on those, on those trips, when you get that reward and that, that rock climbing trip, what did that, what did that do for you? I, I've never even been rock climbing. I'm kind of jealous right now. <laughs> well, it wasn't like an outdoor rock climb, but it was still yeah. the, the experience of itself. I mean, I remember being a kid and being able to just run up those walls and climb and not care and doing mm-hmm. it when I was older. It, it was that, that fear and facing that fear and, and facing the adversity and realizing this can be applied to every aspect of my life. Absolutely, brother. What I what I love about you is you're actually doing it at the ground level. You're opening up a new market. And I think people need to see that journey. Where's the best place for them to go to see that? Uh, so you can either look me up on Facebook, uh, Rage Andrew Hunter Chambers. It's my full name. Or you can look us up, uh, Wolfpack Marketing, Clay, Arkansas. Uh, it's got Big Wolf logo. You can't miss it. You can check me out and follow my story there. All right, Rage, I appreciate you coming on the show. That's our 10 minutes. Let's get building, brother. Thank you, Doug. You have a great day, and thank you for the opportunity. You as well. All right, guys, it looks like our next our next person is not in the group yet. So Clint just offered to hop in, so we're going to bring Clint in, and then as soon as uh, Josh is able to hop in, then we'll bring him in as well. Oh, he needs a link. He's going to need a link, Ryan. To be able to hop in, right? So if you've been listening so far, I'll recap. So basically, uh, Paul's question for me was, what's your number one priority in life? And and my answer was to serve. You know, obviously, there's a sub priorities on that. But the first one is serve God, serve my wife and family, serve people delicious barbecue and uh, jalapeno chicken. And then, uh, you know, I, I spoke to, uh, I think the Bible got it right. We're made in his image to serve. So that's my answer for that. You know, in reverse for Paul, it was like, how can business owners stop putting everything in their name? You know, and because these credit guys, they do, they make it sound so easy and it's, it's not, you know, and Paul walked us through it. Like it's a lot more complicated. You know, sometimes you need a coach to walk you through that and it's going to take time you know, to be able to create that credibility in your business, just like you would personally. And so um, he walked us through a couple of key points in understanding that. But what I loved about the first thing he said is develop a relationship with your lender. That's going to be a huge part of it. And then uh, we had Rage on and um, he asked me, knowing what you know about business and struggles, what advice would you give your younger self? And, you know, me, I focused on being present where you are and um, creating that fulfillment and that peace in your soul. So you're not constantly looking for things to fill it with, right? Which is material items, which is success, which is, you know, maybe vices and stuff like that. You know, we all have our issues from the past. And as, you know, generation to generation, it seems like they're getting more and more, you know? And uh, so it's gonna be incredibly important for our younger generation to be able to have fulfillment without um, trying to, to, to fill those holes and everything. And so, uh, and then Rage walking us through his four hours of recruiting 
And so we walked through those as well. And so next we've got uh, Clint, if we're able to get him the link, Ryan. Um, and then uh, Josh Thomas was going to be our next guest. And then we're going to wrap up with Garrett Bake, who's uh, running the American Contractor Network. So in the meantime, let's talk about un- until we get that link to Clint and get him in here. Let's talk about um, what's going on with the show, you know, and it's it's in this weird transitional period where we're kind of figuring out how to bring you guys the most the most value as possible. And uh, yeah, Clint, you got to you got to click on the link in Messenger. And so we're testing out stuff like this where, you know, it's like like rapid fire, um, rapid fire questions and then the back and forth, too, because. I think a lot of Q and A's they're always asking for you to ask them questions, right? You to create the content and I want to make sure it goes both ways. So some of the things we're going to do for these type of episodes is we're going to, uh, we're going to, uh, we're going to create content for each of the guests that came on, you know what I'm saying? So again, to serve, that's probably one of my most important priorities. And so they'll be able to take that content and share it with their networks and everything. And, and hopefully bring more people to the show as well as we'll bring our listeners to, to their following as well. All right. So we're at 25 minutes now. We've got roughly 15 to go. Clint is uh, getting in the room right now. And so we'll be in good shape here in a second. <laughs> <laughs> Clint's ready to get on here, man. Dude's got a a heck of a story. You know, when he came into the mastermind group that I'm in, uh, I was incredibly excited because he was just rocking it in there, giving value constantly. And then we actually met in person for the first time. I'm trying to remember where the airport was. Um, Mesquite, Mesquite, Texas, right? So they have a private airport there. We were doing one of the PJ trips with Stuman, and um, he was on that trip. I was on that trip. So we had breakfast before we were supposed to meet at the airport, and it was at this amazing uh, uh, restaurant. And then we got on we got on the plane. We started chopping it up. And Clint, what's going on, brother? How you doing? <laughs> what's up, man? <laughs> All right. So we're doing this impromptu. You know, unfortunately, for whatever reason, we weren't able to get Josh in uh, via the link. So. Thank you so much for filling in, man. And if you wouldn't mind, if you could just introduce yourself and talk about what you do. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what's up, guys? My name is Clint Riggin. Um, I am an executive now with the Starting Line Coaching. So we do online fitness coaching for entrepreneurs, hormone replacement therapy, blood work consultations nationwide, supplements and meal prep sent to all of our clients, either DoorDash, Instacart, you name it, wherever you need your food, your supplements. Uh, we got you covered. So we optimize the body. Then we put you on protocol and then we put it to you on autopilot. So you'll be able to reach your goals and be able to serve people at the highest level. And then I'm the founder of Nexus. We do holistic wellness events all across the U.S. Our first one is actually on uh, in San Diego uh, with about 150 people, 15 different sponsored brands. And yeah, that's, that's what I do now. That's, that's <laughs> fantastic, brother. I mean, I know you've always been in the health and fitness space. You've always, you know, you've done shows. You've been an absolute... Yeah freaking beast you know i've seen the development pictures and everything the things you're able to do to your body is insane you know but i i I know most recently and and i'll start with my question you did Mm -hmm. you did have a a a medical struggle that put you in a in a 
in, in a rough place, you know? So Ooh, my yeah. question is kind of, how did you come out of that? Cause I feel like, you know, since we've talked the last few times, you're just shining again, man. And I, and I love seeing it. Well, so let me start with this. So I ran a company before this called limitless coaching. You know, we did 250 transformations our first year. We made a half a million dollars. Uh, I thought I was on top of the world. I was traveling on private jets. I was doing all the, the cool things, uh, that I thought I loved and but it didn't serve mm-hmm. me. I pushed away my family, my friends, my relationships, everything that truly mattered to me. And um, I realized that God wasn't in my life. And I had a 14 month depression in that 14 month depression. I um, went on a road trip with my best friend, Eddie, and we're now on day 125 of this road trip. I'm currently in Pennsylvania uh, visiting my parents that I haven't seen in five years. God came into my life during this road trip. I got baptized five weeks ago and I, I really just realized that, what I was doing was not my alignment or my assignment in life. I was so transactional. I was not, I was not building relationships. All I cared about was the monetary value. Mm-hmm. And now it's just all about like knowing. And I, I say this quote to myself every day, God did not wake you up today because he wanted to. God woke you up today because someone needed you. And I think it's so true when we look at our life and we look at where we are. So my goal now is just to, uplift, motivate, empower people and show them like, no matter what you go through in life, you have a purpose. Like you're here on purpose for a purpose and not to push my faith to people, but to show what faith has done in my life in just a short amount of time and how God has been opening doors and closing doors and just in truly just working in, in, in magical ways. And I walked with God before, but now I'm, he's like, he's right next to me at all times. He's in my driver's seat, as my mom said. Like he's literally like sitting right next to me wherever I go. And no matter what happens, it doesn't matter. I know that he's gonna have a plan and he's gonna push me in the right direction. And <clears throat> I'm just blessed. Honestly, when you're in the darkness and you've gone through the, the the shit in your life, and then you come out and you see the light, you have a bigger, bigger appreciation for life. And I think that's one of the biggest things that fuels me every single day. And the perspective is huge, and I love the answer so much. Because that's twice on this show we've talked about God today. I had an answer mm-hmm. earlier about him. And mm-hmm. um, I just think, you know, it's 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 divine. You coming in, commenting like, hey, I'll jump on right now. Josh not being able to make it. It's perfect, man. And I appreciate you so much for that. Uh, yeah. We got Garrett on on deck right now. So I'm going to I'm going to uh, bring him in. But again, sure. if you guys if you guys want to hear more of Clint's story, which is it is an amazing story. And he's doing some amazing things right now, impacting other people's lives through social media. Where's the best place for them to follow you at? Uh, you can follow me on Facebook, uh, Clint Riggin, or Instagram, Clint Riggin. Send me a DM. I'll send you a voice message back. We book a call, whatever whatever that looks like. But hey, yeah, I just appreciate it, man. I just saw you on there. I was like, you know what? I don't know how to get on here, but let's see if I can. <laughs> <laughs> and we but made it happen. Wait, I can't wait to be on the podcast. So that's going to be super exciting. Absolutely. We got we got you queued up for a full episode on the podcast because we definitely want to hear more from you, brother. Thank you so much for joining the show. Let's do it, brother. Later, man. Awesome. Awesome. Ryan, if we can get that link restarted, I've got the man himself, Garrett Bake. He's the founder of American Contractor Network and the owner of American Contractor Homes. He's an expert in systemizing and scaling contracting businesses. So much so that he was able to help 15 different companies reach the seven-figure mark and all of his clients total $42 million in gross revenue. Garrett, welcome to the show, brother. Thanks, Doug. I appreciate you. Uh, I want to apologize. I'm literally sitting in a car 
because I'm at a conference, but this was super important to me. So I stepped out. I wanted to make sure that, that I could participate in this and, and do what I could to help you out. We appreciate it so much, brother. Uh, we love having you on the show here and thank you for doing that. Uh, and, and you know what? I'm not, I'm not even sweating it because this was an impromptu thing. We decided to do this two days ago and you stepped up and jumped in. So again, appreciate you for that. So you had a question for me. And uh, I think it was a very, it's a very simple question and a very good one. So go ahead, fire away, brother. Yeah, so the, the question really centers, centers around, can, can everybody become a salesperson or anybody, really? Yeah, and I, I love this question because it, it is really a core principle of mine when I look at, all right, what I've been doing for the last 14 years. And what, what I love about what I've been doing is, again, that principle is that anyone can, can, can come into this business and make money, sales in general. You know, it's just how many times over are you going to do it? You know, and all all that has to do with is your dedication to your craft and learning, right? And then being humble enough to say, hey, I've been doing it this way and that's made me a decent living, right? But maybe there's a next level to this. And what do we know about because of the networks that we're in, because of the things that we do in coaching and consulting, we know there's always a next level. There's always something to learn every day. So as long as people are willing to do that, then they can become a good salesperson. But to specifically answer your, your, your question, can everyone be, become good at sales if you have a good sales program that can, you know, and obviously that's self-serving and, and a selfish answer because that's what I do for a living. I develop sales programs, but I've seen, I've seen it time and time again. You know, I've seen the introvert get promoted to sales manager because they ran the play and every company has a play, whether you like it or not, you know, especially, and I see this a lot in contracting is they don't know they have a sales program until I walk them through. This is your sales program. And it's got so many holes in it. You know what I mean? It looks like a mesh, you know? So we've got to fill those holes, right? And so you've got a sales program, whether you know it or not. And, and that's going to be how you're going to make anybody be able to come in and be good at sales because they've got to have a play to run, you know, basically the X's and the O's of the business. And if you're able to provide them with that, then, then I believe, that anybody can be good at sales. Now, being great at sales, that there's a few variables in that, right? Talent, um, how good the sales program is, the support of your company, are they developing you? Are they providing you with a great culture? You know, that's what that's what it's going to take you to the next level. And you see it in companies all the time, right? These these companies have, you know, fifty plus salespeople, especially in roofing. Roofing is one of those businesses where it's very sales centric. They have fifty plus salespeople, but but every one of them, their worst salesperson is like the best salesperson at another company. You know what I'm saying? And it's because they've developed that sales program so well. So short answer is yes, if the, the sales program is there. I, I love that. And it's funny because, as you mentioned, like I come across this all the time. Um, most contractors are, are good at, you know, swinging a hammer or, you know, punching a hole in a wall or putting up drywall or whatever it is. And they don't ever see themselves as, as being a salesperson, right? Which is, you know, when you come along, you're like, hey, show me your sales program. And it's like, uh, well, here's my notebook. Um, the couple <laughs> yeah. Last week, I think I still need to follow up with them. I'm sure I have 17,000 unread emails. Like, they don't have anything, right? So I think what you said is so powerful. It's, it's about the system. It's not about the person. Like, you yep. put the person, it's like, it reminds me of the Patriots, right? People hate the Patriots because they won the Super Bowl 
what, nine times, seven times, whatever it was. Yeah. In the last 20 years. (laughs) But why did they, why did they hate the Patriots? The Patriots had the system, right? Tom Brady wasn't the best quarterback ever. He just ran the system. You know, Bill Belichick, not the best coach ever. He just had a really good system. And so they would just plug people into that system and execute. 100%. I couldn't agree more. All right. So we're at the five minute mark. I'm going to reverse this. And it, it just, it's a question that makes sense to me because of your track record of getting companies to seven figures. So naturally the, the question I want to ask is what is the number one blocker for contractors to hit that seven figures? What's stopping them? What's that common denominator that maybe somebody listening on this show doesn't even know about yet? Well, that's a, that's a really good question. And oddly enough, I'm going to be speaking about it this afternoon and the one blocker that's keeping a contractor from seven figures, eight figures or more drum roll is the contractor themselves. It's literally the contractor because you think about this and there's a book out there that I'm sure you, you've probably read. It's called leadership and self-deception, right? As a society, we've become too good at blaming external things for our issues and our problems, right? We're blaming the economy. We're blaming the president. We're blaming the war. We're blaming our family. We're blaming our religion. We're blaming where we grew up, right? In fact, I had a contractor who's like, yeah, you know, I haven't grown my business because I live in this super small town in Arkansas. You should look it up. And I'm like, I don't care. Like you haven't succeeded because you don't believe that you can succeed, right? And so it's this crazy formula that it's it's very simple and i love that you like to break complicated things down simply and most people believe that action leads to results right if i want to make more money then i take the actions necessary to make more money and i'll make more money if it's that simple then why is it that people don't actually get to that point right four percent of businesses not just contractors four percent of businesses in general ever cross over that seven figure threshold. That's it. Wow. So what's right? Is it skill set? No. It is 100% mindset, right? And so what I've discovered over the years is yes, action leads to results, but there's another piece of the puzzle that comes before action, and that's belief. Right? Cuz think about this. Um have you ever run a marathon before? Yeah. Yeah, I have once. <laughs> once, right? Yeah. Now, how difficult was that marathon? Not as difficult as I thought it was going to be. Right. You know, now, I mean, it was, don't get me wrong. I had some, some moments, you know what I'm saying? Where I'm like, what am I doing? This is dumb. And I, and I did it by myself with my family. I just looped my, my acreage uh, around yep. my house and, um, or our, our, our neighborhood, I guess you could say. And, and so there was these moments, I'm solo. You know, there's nobody running next to me to kind of like feed off of or anything. So don't get me wrong. I had those moments, but it's like, when I look back at it, it's like, I just went and ran a marathon with very little training. You know what I'm saying? It just kind of opened up how expansive that mindset can be if you just go and do it. Right. But you went and did it. And the reason you completed it wasn't because you ran laps around your neighborhood. Why did you complete it? It's because you believed that you could complete it with little to no training. Right. And you Mm -hmm. did it. You know, some people call this, you know, the David Goggins mindset. And then, yes, there's a piece to it, right? But really what you want in life, you have to believe that it's possible. Then you'll take the actions necessary to get the result. Because the opposite is true as well. How many people January 1st are like, I'm going to lose 20 pounds this year. This is the year I'm going to do it. Or I'm going to make a million dollars this year. This is the year I'm going to do it. 
and and by January twentieth, uh, by the way, January twentieth is National Quitting Day. By January twentieth, <laughs> most people have quit because they don't actually believe that they can get there, right? So the actions that they take lead them to the result that they believe, which is I'm not going to get there. I'm not going to lose weight. I'm not going to make money, right? Mm-hmm. So the, the challenge then becomes more than anything that you do as a business owner, whether you're a contractor or not, more than anything that you do, you have to spend time inside of here, right? The six inches of real estate that you have, focusing on changing your belief pattern. Most contractors didn't grow up with money. Most contractors didn't grow up in a great situation. Most contractors didn't ever believe that they could be business owners. Most contractors, you know, we could just go on down the road. But if you can spend time every single day changing that belief and that mindset, what it does is it changes the actions which therefore changes the results. It's it's crazy how big this blocker is, you know, because some of us just had this blind belief at a young age. And maybe it was all ego and testosterone and everything, but you can tell outside of contracting is where that exists more, right? Because inside contracting, you've got to learn the trade. And in, in learning the trade, you learn how to be an employee. You learn how to, you learn these limiting beliefs that are, that are present in contracting. Right. And so you're almost like reverse indoctrinated in your early twenties and late twenties, unless you have amazing people like you leading them or influencing them, whether it be through social media or through your network, you know? And so we're running out of time here, but I, I just want to double down on that because it's, I think it's incredibly important and you're absolutely right. It happens all the time to where contractors are like, I, I can't have a huge sales team because I'm not a, a great salesperson, you know? And it's like, this is 100% not true. You do need someone to lead that charge, but you can build up to that, you know? It's a, it's a hundred percent. So I don't envy you in your position, coaching and consulting contractors. Cause you do, you have to keep breaking those belief walls down all the time. And so, um, obviously you brought a ton of value to the show and I want to make sure that my listeners, if they do want to continue to follow you and, and, and learn more about some of these limiting beliefs that they can break through, where can they do that? Yeah, it's a great question. And and I was thinking, you know, hey, what's the best option? Really, we have a free Facebook group. It's called Growth Tools for Contractors. If you're a contractor mm-hmm. and you're really ready to break through the self-limiting beliefs, you're ready to learn what you need to do to transition from contractor to business owner, join our group. It's free. We're dropping value bombs every week. We've got, you know, guides, all the things that you need to get those results that you're after. Fantastic. And we'll include that link in the show notes if you're listening after this live so that you can uh, get access to that group. Garrett, I appreciate you so much, brother. I'm looking forward to having you on for a full episode so we can we can squeeze some more of that value out of you and get some more people exposed to you, brother. Oh, it's going to be the same. We're going to have you on our show and we're going to we're going to smash it. Awesome, brother. I appreciate you so much. You have a great day. You. All right, guys, that is a wrap. Q&A firing squad. We had a good time on this episode. I appreciate you guys so much. As always, subscribe, uh, leave a review, and make sure you tell someone about the show. That's the only fee that we ask for. Other than that, let's get building. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Building Great Sales Teams. We sure do appreciate it. As always, be sure to like, share, and subscribe wherever you consume podcasts. 
Don't forget to join our Facebook group, Building Great Sales Teams, so you can get daily tips on how to get your sales team built brick by brick. We'll see you there.